cut their eyes out with my knife. Yo ho! Yo ho! Oh, stop! That's sick. I agree. Nutter was singing in the wrong key. No, I wasn't. It was Lautzenheiser. I was singing in E flat minor. The song's in F sharp major. I think they're the same thing. I mean, E flat is the relative minor of F sharp. No, it isn't. The relative minor is three half tones down from the major, not up. No, it's three down. Like A is the relative minor of C major. But isn't A sharp in C major? Wait, are you singing Mixolydian scales or something? A sharp is tonic to C major. It's the six. No, it isn't. Well, it'd be like a raised thirteenth, if anything. It's the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast. Welcome to the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast, where we talk about the ups, downs, lefts, rights. Dude, I'm driving. Of the Buffalo music scene. I'm Ryan Garnett, and if I see one more band describe themselves as defying genre, I'm going to start beating the hell out of Kelly. But I'm Kelly. And welcome to episode number 37 of the podcast, folks. Uh, so uh, I am in my car right now with my wife, and we are on our way to Toronto. And shit has been so busy over the last few weeks, but that does not stop me from making this podcast. So, um, Kelly, say hi to everybody. Hi to everybody. That's Kelly. That's about all she's going to want to talk on this episode. But yes, we are on the QEW, driving into Toronto right now for our vacation. But before we do that, I'm here to talk to you folks. So, um, over the last couple weeks, I interviewed everyone. I talked with Brendan Shea from Brendan in the Strangest Ways. I talked with Zach Burgess from Archers. I talked with TJ and Sam from Days Ago and Tyler and Jesse from Aircraft. Uh, I was hoping to squeeze all of that into one episode, but that is beyond impossible because uh, on May 18th, I went out with my recorder and uh, I got us some awesome live performances from this, The Lady or the Tiger and Newspeak. Um, so we will be listening to all of those a little later. And, um, and uh, the stuff from Brendan and uh, from Brendan Shea, from Brendan in the Strangest Ways, uh, we'll be listening to that interview today. He's going to talk to us about uh, going to Nashville, working on a new album, and kind of what it's like dealing with, you know, full-time studio musicians. So yeah, this will be our last episode with all WNY. I want to take one more opportunity to thank Scott Leffler for all of his guidance and for letting me post basically whatever the hell I wanted to on his website. Uh, we will still be involved with all WNY, and the podcast will still be a part of the radio stream. But uh, it will, uh, in, for future episodes, it'll be hosted on thinktwiceradio.com, uh, which has a huge family of locally run podcasts, which we are happy to be a part of. And um, we'll start talking about all the different uh, other podcasts available starting in our next episode. And I'm kind of looking forward to seeing uh, what that's going to be about. Um, so, yeah. So, without further ado, we got to get going. We've got, we've got so much material. So, um we are going to play a quick song, and then we'll be back to talk about previous shows. Um, like I mentioned, we're in the next segment, we're going to talk about Porch Fest, which was uh, on May 18th. 
Uh, it involves maybe even up to about 100 porches locally all around Buffalo. It was great seeing music all around the city, including this song featuring my former band and uh, former co-host, Dennis Reed Jr. Uh, this is the first of the three songs from Porch Fest that we'll be playing today, and uh, this is Kid by The Lady or the Tiger on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast on allwny.com.
the past A bed of diamonds shining on the lake beyond I was thinking of Dante when you spun around and kissed me But were you the path or were you the lion? by the lady or the tiger which is uh a brand new song of theirs and i have to say um even as someone who's been in the band that might be my favorite lady or the tiger song it is uh it's excellent so hopefully they can uh record that and it won't take them three years like it takes them to record every, everything else and uh yeah so anyway so let's talk about some previous shows so porch fest um i we went and saw lady or the tiger um, they were they played uh, on Symphony Circle, which is right across the street from Kleinhands. It worked out great because uh, graduation was getting out as we were getting there, so uh, parking spots were opening up all over the place. So uh, I hung out there and I caught Lady of the Tiger set, and um, it's weird watching someone else play my bass lines, but uh, it was nice seeing all my friends again. It was a really good performance, and um, I think it seems like they're really leaning in more towards the Britpop Lady of the Tiger is and kind of some of the folkier stuff than they were before which I think might have been a little more like 90s alt rock so um, it's cool seeing them kind of differentiate themselves a little more with the with their songwriting uh, then we hit the road and I don't remember where we saw them but we saw Newspeak um, Newspeak is a one man production and of course I don't have his name on me in front of me right now and again I'm in a car uh, but uh, I, I hung out for about 20, 30 minutes. Um, One-man band. He had a keyboard. He had guitars. He has all sorts of pedals. He has a beautiful voice, um, which I was a little taken aback by when I got there. So uh, we'll be playing a song from that later. That was great. And then we saw this. Um, uh, if you have never listened to this podcast ever, you might not uh, think I like the band this very much. But if you have, you'll know that I think they're wonderful. Uh, they played a porch. It was great. The whole set was awesome. Uh, I recorded a big chunk of it, and later on we're going to be playing them. Uh, we're going to be playing Wanting Eyes from their set. And, uh, yeah, Porch Fest is wonderful. Like, we, 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 like, we were kind of in, in some... 
you know, side street kind of places, even at Klein Hands a little bit compared to some of like what was going on in Elmwood and all those places are cool. But like you check out Elmwood and, and the, the, these spots are just overflowing with people into the streets and it is, uh, it's really wonderful to see and uh, sign up for next year's Porch Fest. I don't know when it signs up or when the website updates, but um, it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of great bands. And if you're not in a band, just mark it on your calendar for next year and take the afternoon off and uh, come out and see some of the best bands that Buffalo has to offer. So that was May 18th. Then on May 24th, we had a Struggle Is Real show at Milky's. Uh, we had Scarecrow show, uh, the Molise, Cheap Peach, and Elementra. Uh, Cheap Peach opened up the night. They are a shoegaze band from Fredonia. Um, they were really fun. I, I, I really like them a lot. I hope to see them uh, around the scene more. I think they'd fit in great with bands like Previous Love and uh, Circular Logic and uh, just some really... It was, it was nice noise is what it was. It wasn't the kind of stuff that gives you a headache. It just it's, it, was, it, it felt melodic and it felt kind of right what they were doing. And I, I think they... Uh, at, they're all between like 19 and 21, so I, I think uh, I think going forward they're super promising. Uh, the Molise played second. Uh, the Molise are so much fun. Um, their singer, who I, I I'm gonna mispronounce her name, so I'm just gonna not try it. Um, just super energetic, and they're they're extremely tight and dancey, and uh, people were people were really getting into it. It seemed like there were a lot of people there at Milky's who hadn't heard of them before who were really getting into it. Uh, then the Scarecrow show went on, and the Scarecrow show blew the roof off the place. I have, uh, I haven't been doing a ton of shows at Milky's, but I've never seen that many people just come in off the streets because they wanted to see the band, and that's just the kind of set they had. Um, the energy and the, the uh, just everything was perfect. I love those guys, and we're gonna keep doing more stuff with them, and and come and check them out because I keep putting them on all this stuff because I really do believe in them. I think. Uh, if you put good music in front of people, uh, you know, regardless of what kind of rock it is, if you put it in front of rock fans, I think you'll find that people enjoy it. So uh, check out the Scarecrow show. They're playing Infringement Festival. Um, we've got, there will be more shows uh, that we're going to announce in the next coming months that include them as well. Uh, they're also on our Planned Parenthood show on August 25th. And yeah, good guys, great band. Check them out. Elementra closed out the night. They played a real nice set. Um, honestly, the, the energy felt like it got a little sucked out of the room after Scarecrow show, and I wouldn't really uh, envy anyone who had to take in that spot after them. But Elementor did a good job. They played a good set. Um, but I think uh, I think the Scarecrow show's performance kind of set everyone to stun, so I think anything that came next was going to feel a little overshadowed. All right, I apologize for our uh, GPS interrupting us there for a second. Um, uh, Google doesn't seem to really have a good uh, grasp on things that are happening in Canada, apparently, because it keeps screwing up. So anyway, yes, that was the show at Milky's. Um, <laughs> all right, we are still, uh, folks. The good news is, is we're we're still on the fastest route. So uh, I was looking at the script, and I'm like, okay, so what's next? And it just says play this, and I'm like, shit. I didn't finish the script, did I? And then after, I stared at it for a good minute, and then I, I realized it was the band, this. So, um, we are going to have an interview with Brendan Shea from Brendan in the Strangest Ways. But first, 
we are going to play this from Porch Fest on May 18th. Uh, this is a song called Wanting Eyes here on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast on allwny.com.
guys? I am joined with Brendan Shea from Brendan in the Strangest Ways. Hey, Brendan. How's it going? That's no. excellent name, by the way. I was always curious, like, where that came from. If I'm allowed to ask a question. Oh, the name of the podcast? Yeah. Um, the original idea of the podcast was that um, my favorite thing to do when I'm hanging out with musicians is just, it's all about just the weird stories you get. And uh, with a band I was in with the original creator of the podcast, to get our full band together, we auditioned 16 guitar players and eight drummers. And it was just, it was the weirdest stuff you'd ever think of. Like, mm -hmm. one guy played with his back to us. One guy would only play a jazz beat, and we were in a jazz band. It was just, one guy showed, one guy asked me the most amazing question ever to this day, and I hope no one ever, ever tops it. He said, what chords and keys do you use? <laughs> Interesting. All of them, typically. So just from all that, like, I'm like, I just want a podcast where, you know, where we just talk about, like, the, the stuff that happens behind the scenes that right. we never have to deal with. I will give uh, former co-host Dennis Reed Jr. credit for coming up with the name. He, uh, he crushed that. I don't even think I, I don't think I had anything up to that point. The name's one of the last things. And then, of course, I didn't, uh, I didn't follow one of my rules when, that I tell bands, and that's when you come up with a name, search for it on Google and see what comes up. Yeah. Because I didn't think about the struggle as real podcasts, so the Buffalo musics are at tail end, so no one sues us. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I mean, you get a lot of good stories out of that, I, I would imagine, because musicians are a real bunch of weirdos. So oh, yeah. No, it's been great. Like, almost almost every guest we've had has been super interesting, and we're at, this will be, if we use this, this will be used somewhere around episode 38, 39. So okay. it's been, it's been a slow roll, but it's a lot of fun, and plus we're doing the spinoff podcast, which is going to be the one where we're playing more music. And, uh... Yeah, and then with the new studio, it comes fully equipped with video equipment, too. So there might be a video podcast, too. Nice. So cool things are happening. Speaking of cool things are happening, you've been working on a new album. Yes. In Nashville. Yep. So first off, why go to Nashville? Why not stay in Buffalo and hire, hire Buffalo musicians? Well, um, it started with uh, a group of Buffalo musicians. I mean, actually, a couple of them were were transplants, but a group of guys I was playing with, uh, for about a year or so, um, we, uh, went into a, uh, a local studio here and, um, laid down all the band tracks for, uh, for 10 songs for a full length album. Um, and then, uh, as is custom, usually a lot of the time, uh, that band kind of fell apart. Um, guys were starting up different, you know, original projects of their own and just couldn't make time for, for everything at once. Um, so, uh, a couple of those guys left and, uh, you know, just, I, it, you know, we were a good live band. We had fun playing together, but just like, it didn't really translate to recording, just like sure. the performances weren't totally there. Um, and, you know, after a couple of, like, homemade projects, um, which, you know, had a lot of spirit as far as I'm concerned, but just, like, technically the sound wasn't quite as good as it could have been. You know, I really, really wanted this to be, um, you know, top of the line, just great sounding stuff. So I decided it was more of like a, uh, I don't know, an economic uh kind of you know weighing the investment sort of thing when i i made the decision to go down to nashville it's like i can either spend 
you know, six months and probably twice as much money trying to piece together all these things, you know, a lot of auxiliary instruments, mm-hmm. strings, um, piano, extra guitars, all these kinds of things. It's like rather than trying to round up all these people and invest all this time in getting it done, it's, you know, from what I've heard, I can go down to Nashville, I can, you know, bring in a crew of like eight professional players who like do this Monday through Friday every day of their life and just knock it out in a day, which is what we did. We got 10 songs done in six hours. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was kind of like a, a whirlwind experience. I almost felt like I was just kind of, you know, holding onto the reins for dear life, like being taken on this journey, watching this stuff, you know, these sounds I had in my head uh, kind of come to life almost by coincidence, like, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of pre-production time or a whole lot. I, the way I was coached was, you know, these guys know what they're doing, basically let them do it, you know, don't give them like too much direction or whatever, because all you're going to do is, is restrain them and you won't wind up getting as good of a result. So that's tough for me because I'm a very, you know, hands-on production-minded sort of... Especially uh, when you have all that money invested in it, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I always, you know, have... I I tell people my songs are almost like my kids. Like, I'm very protective of them, and, you know, I I want them to be as good as they can possibly be. So, uh, anyway, I don't know. Like I was saying, we just sort of uh, arrived at all these great performances, which I'm super, super excited about, and now we're just in getting into the uh, mixing stages. Um going to release at least a couple of singles over the summer and the fall. Um, I want to do some uh, videos uh, to go along with those, uh, which will be a a first time thing for me. Like, you know, I've done a bunch of live performance videos, but never Mm -hmm. like a produced, you know, story kind of professional uh, thing yet. So we're going to look into that as well and just have like a pretty massive PR campaign behind the whole thing. And the idea is really to just expand the audience. Um, sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. A lot of big things are happening. So are you, uh, when spending, you know, what you have on the musicians in the studio, are you, uh, hands on at all with the, like the mixing process or at this point, are you kind of just leaving it to them so you don't, you know, tie their hands up too much, so to speak. Yeah, well, um, my first thought was to attempt to mix it myself because I have, like, a few versions, backdated version of Pro Tools, and I have, like, a very, very, like, basic fundamental knowledge of how it works. But, um, you know, in the interest of trying to save a few bucks, I'm like, well, let me just take a stab at doing it myself. And then you get into, I don't know, I, I get very obsessive about it and uh you know i get to the point where i'm like tweaking a dial like you know two percent one way oh, yeah. and i'm like you know does this sound any different is it better is it worse or what if i hit this button and you know something that should take an hour like winds up taking a day and uh you know i just felt myself felt myself kind of you know going down a, a pretty deep rabbit hole pit of despair so, well, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'm like, well, this probably isn't the the best way to go about it. I should find someone who really knows what they're doing. And I got to the point where I'm like, 
I've invested so much in this already. It's like now is not the time to try and cut corners. Like, Absolutely. Might as well just, you know, double down on it and, uh, you know, get it sounding uh, technically as good as it, as it can. So got a couple different options I'm looking into right now and uh, hopefully going to get that decision made um, in the coming weeks and then have the, uh, the first song released um, next month sometime. Cool. Um, if you don't mind my asking, how much does how much does it cost for an eight piece band to come and record an album? Like, like you don't need, I, mean, I don't need exact receipts, yeah. but like ballpark, like, like, like if I'm if I'm a singer songwriter and I've got the money to spend and want to go to Nashville, like how much would it be to get a, get a band like that? It on? really was not that unreasonable, um, you know, compared with you know what it would have taken to do it locally but have it take, you know, five times as long, just the yeah. efficiency with which these guys work. I think it's all like a union regulated thing, but each player, they break it up into three hour sessions. So we did like three hours in the morning and three hours in the afternoon. And we did five songs in each session. Um, but for three hours, uh, each player costs like just under $200. Oh, which wow. was oh that's not bad not at all. Bad. Yeah. Um, and with the uh, engineer and like the studio fees and all that stuff, the whole thing, the whole six-hour block, uh, wound up costing about three grand. Oh no, that's not bad yeah. at all for yeah. Which I mean was not as bad as I would have expected initially. I was thinking it was gonna you know cost whatever three four times that much. But... Oh yeah, no, I hear, I hear. I'm going to Nashville to record something, and I'm like fifteen thousand. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like you start to can get astronomical i mean depending what studios you're at but no i mean if you do think about it you know um you know gcr is i think about 75 dollars an hour and you know if you can take your recording time and have it and then have that all that extra money and just to put it into a musician so you don't have to use that time that mm -hmm. does seem uh, a lot more efficient than i think uh some people would think it is yeah absolutely and that's why i was you know able to do it i mean if it would have been something astronomical like that it wouldn't even have been an option but the fact that you know there it's really doesn't cost that much more than you know doing it locally or doing it anywhere else um and uh we recorded at a place called county q mm -hmm. uh which i know have had a lot of big names in there um and of course, they're all escaping me at the moment now. But uh, the guys, uh, Paul, uh, who is the uh, studio manager and the drummer who leads the session band, um, really cool dude, very on top of his stuff. And then uh, Ace was the engineer, uh, great to work with, um, had a real good ear and taste for uh, the kind of stuff we were doing. Um, and some of the guys we brought in there, um, John Yudkin, uh, played strings for me, cello, violin, banjo, and mandolin, and, uh, he, I think, has spent most of his last year touring South America with, like, a Brazilian pop artist. Oh, wow. And they were playing, like, 80,000-seat stadiums and stuff, um, and then he came in and played on my <laughs> record, and then, uh... Uh, Dan Dudmore uh, played steel guitar, and he got his start, I think, in like the early '70s in the Southern California scene, playing with like the Eagles and Linda Ronstadt oh, wow. and people like that. So just having you know some of these guys performing my stuff and like really knocking it out of the park was like a pretty humbling and awesome experience. And now, I'm glad I did it. Did did you get to pick 
individual members for the session band, or are they all like one package? Um, uh, Paul Sothan, the drummer, uh, he lined up all the players out of his network of, you know, guys that he works with fairly regularly. And he picked them based on, uh, my style and like, you know, the sounds I was going for, you know, he went with like the Americana, like indie sort of guys, as opposed to like the, you know, some of the, like the commercial pop country players that he has sure. access to, you know, cause there's. The sounds are similar, but they're also very different. So, um, and I mean, everybody just, everything that was played was like super tasteful and, you know, served the music in a excellent way. Um, so yeah, the, uh, all the people we got lined up, I was super happy with. Cool. Does the sound, now the sound of the new out, the new stuff you're working on, is it, uh, is it similar to your old stuff? Is it, does it, is it different? Like, how does it? Compared to kind of your old stuff. Yeah, it's, um, I guess, fairly similar. Um, most of the ten tracks are kind of like full band sound, but there are a couple, you know, more stripped down, like acoustic-y uh, kind of songs. <clears throat> um, but yeah, uh, a lot of the same instrumentation, just I would say... Uh, rendered with like much more precision and mastery than you know the self-titled record I did a few years ago because I was playing most of the instruments on that one so it's uh, similar sounds but cleaner and better I guess I would say sure um the, your studio in Nashville uh any uh fun bells and or whistles that kind of when you when you first started checking out the studio kind of surprised you i know like um outer limits locally they've got they have like a like an xbox playstation room and um i just went to gcr where that they have that big room where they actually have there's tiles on the walls where you can deaden it extra and they've got some they've got this amazing stack of vintage gear that just like mm -hmm. makes your eyes bulge out was there anything like that that you came into and it was just like whoa what do they have they had a couple cool like super old looking older than i am like analog tape machines in the Ooh. control room um i don't know too much about how any of that stuff works but uh i did have some conversations with uh with paul about like you know cutting tape and like editing things that way back in the day um they had a uh a nice uh grand piano um uh, like a whole separate room just for like the piano uh, instruments, you know, uh, different keyboards and stuff kind of stacked on top of each other. Um, that was another guy, Jimmy Wallace, uh, played, uh, some piano and organ tracks for me and he tours with the wallflowers, I think, and oh, like, wow. um, a few other people, uh, of that caliber. Um, what else did they have in there? Uh, probably the nicest Keurig machine I've ever seen. <laughs> we like went through a lot of coffee and tea. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm not like a super big gearhead, So there, I mean, there probably was like a lot more, you know, cool sure. and important stuff than I even realized, but the vibe in there was just, you know, really cool. They have a couple different studios and we were in the big one studio a, they called it. Um, oh, they had a, uh, 
like an old kind of broken down basketball hoop out in the back parking lot. And I was told like George Strait played basketball out there at some point with somebody. And I don't know if he was very good at it because somebody <laughs> said he was like pretty short. Uh, but George Strait seems like he's, a, I think he'd be a dirty player. You think so? I, I feel like, like, yeah, I don't throwing know. Throwing elbows and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. I just, I, I get a vibe from that. Yeah, that's exactly how it happens. Did you guys have any conversations about using any of those old tape machines for what you're doing? Um, no, not no. really. I don't even know if they're still operational or anything. They might just be more antiques. But uh, that's something I've always had in the back of my mind that I would love to do is, you know, get like an analog uh, tape album. Um just you know the uh, the warmth and the tone you get out of that sort yeah. of sound would be you know something I'd really like to hear. But I think that winds up you know uh, that that would get into probably like the fifteen thousand dollar range. Like oh you yeah, were talking absolutely. About before. Yeah, that's kind of stuff uh, I think moves a little a little slower. Than I've heard even just Pro the price. Tools does. I've heard even just the price for like the reel itself has just gotten like astronomic. Because I had to buy a reel in college. I'm old enough where I was. I I, I learned on two inch reel. Okay. So I I I've been through all that, and it's it's, it's it takes extra time. But that, that that warmth is nice. But they're really it is hard to find places that still have any of that equipment mm-hmm. floating around anymore. And it's uh, fewer and far between the people who can uh, repair that stuff. Then on top of that, oh, I believe it. So for this, this will be a topic on on a later episode. Um, how do you break break up with someone in a band the right way? Oh man. Well, I can tell you what is not the right way. Um, <laughs> in addition to doing my own original thing, I uh, play in a couple cover groups around town here just to you know make a little extra money on the side. And uh, oh, which groups are you in? Um, there's one, uh, is an upstart, uh, 90s cover group called Bart Vandalay. I'm actually in that Oh, yeah, with, okay. Uh, my that my brother is the co-lead vocalist, and we get, like, you know, those brother harmonies going. It's like, you know, really, we're having a lot of fun with it. Great um, name, by the way. <laughs> thank you, yeah. Uh, I'm in a new, uh, acoustic duo. It's like guitar and ukulele, um, called Cantwell Function, uh, and that's still in like you know the development practicing stages, but uh, by midsummer we'll be we'll be doing some gigging around. Sure. Who's the other half of that um, duo? Uh, her name is Connie, and she's got a big long Polish last name. I'm not even sure how to pronounce if I wanted to, but um, yeah, we've been working together for uh, for a couple months, and uh, a mix of a whole bunch of like you know contemporary Americana stuff, and then like some older classic rock and country. We do like a little bit. Johnny Cash and nice. Chris Christopherson and that kind of stuff. Um, but then also like some, you know, and this is more her area of expertise than mine, but like some current, you know, pop music and like commercial country and like that sort of thing too. Just like a whole mix of everything, but sort of like shuffled around a little bit and presented in a different way than maybe people have heard it before, which kind of makes it fun. Um, and the last one, actually, the one I've been with the longest is a band called IOT that does, like, a mix of, you know, classic and prog rock, some 90s alternative stuff, uh, 
basically the way we sell it is like, you know, songs everybody knows, but like no one else is playing. I love that. That's great. Yeah. And uh, we actually did a gig at the Hamburg Music Festival last night. We were at uh, Mamosers. Oh, sure. Um, which has like a real nice patio and like generally, uh, uh, you know, pretty, pretty good built in crowd. And also at the end of the night, they bring out a couple plates of chicken wings for the band, which is like probably oh, the biggest selling point. Hell yeah. Yeah, they were good. But um, anyway, the uh, drummer, I've been with those guys for like a year and a few months. And the drummer we've been working with the whole time uh, quit without any notice <laughs> like a day before this gig, Ooh. which, uh, yeah, he sent an email to uh, the one guitar player who's kind of like, you know, the founder and the leader of the group or whatever. And said, uh, yeah, effective immediately, he wasn't going to be playing drums with us anymore. So that's that's a bad way to break up. With so it wasn't even a group email. It was just one right. person. He, he yeah. made someone else disperse the news. And he was, uh, the last time we rehearsed, I think, was about a week ago. And uh, he, you know, all the guys in this group play in a few different projects. And I just happened to see, I was driving down Union Road in West Seneca, uh, past the Rockin' Buffalo, and I saw yeah. the name of his original project was up on the marquee for the same night we were supposed to play the Hamburg oh. Music Festival. So we got to rehearsal, and I asked him, I'm like, you know, are, are you, you know, going to be there on Saturday? Because I saw, you know, your other bands playing at this place. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be there. I'll, I'll make it out to both. He's like, I'm going to play with you guys from 8 till 11, and then the other show doesn't start till like, close to midnight. And I remember after rehearsal, I pulled uh, the, you know, leader of the group aside and I'm like, man, we should probably line up some kind of <laughs> insurance plan because I just have like a bad, bad feeling about this. This guy has done this to us before, like just at the last minute, be like, you know, you got to find another drummer for tonight because this other group is original music and I'm the only one who knows the songs and oh, I have God. to be there and all this stuff. Um, Drummers, how self-important. Come on now. <laughs> There are some exceptions, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so to answer your question, <laughs> uh, a good way to break up with your band is to I don't know provide ample notice, and you know I've had it happen to me a few times. Actually, you know I told you about the story making this current record, and then actually making the the self titled the debut album a few years ago when I was in Seattle. Um, that band broke up like while we were in the studio recording their tracks too, but it was for the same reason. The, the guy playing bass wanted to start his own project where he was going to be the songwriter and the guitar player. And I was with my, my group in Seattle uh, recording the Strangest Ways album, and you know after we got all the band tracks done, the uh, bassist came to me and he said, you know, I'm going to be leaving the group. I'm starting my own project where I'm going to be the front man and the songwriter, you know, playing my original stuff. And, you know, it, it sucked because it kind of was unexpected and I was having a lot of fun playing with those guys. But um, it's something that, you know, I wouldn't be able to hold against somebody. Uh, you know, just wanting to do their sure. own thing rather than being a support for someone else's music. And that it's been hard for me trying to keep a group together. And I had it like explained to me that, you know, if you're looking at it from 
someone else's perspective, you know, you're playing in an original band, but if just like one guy is doing all the writing, like the others are never going to be as invested in it. No, that's 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 um, a great point, and yeah. I, I think that's a, a good reasoning for you know for you know people who are trying to make something big and cohesive to kind of you know take a little bit of what everyone else is taking around them too, because it's easy to just you know you want them to be invested in what they're doing, not just feeling like they're playing covers of your stuff you know what i mean yeah that's a, that's a good way to explain it and i don't know it's not like i ever consciously made the decision that like well i'm gonna write everything myself and not you know include anybody else and i've always tried to be good about you know letting everybody put their own spin on it you know exactly. it's not like i sit over the guys and be like okay the bass line goes like this 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 and this it's like here's the chords you know you're free to kind of make it move however you want to sure um but as far as like actual like writing of a song, it's something that's always just been very kind of like personal and private. personal for me. Yeah, private's a good way to put it. It's just you know I I have been in a room with a group of three or four guys and like with the intention of trying to come up with something and it just it never really works for me like that. Just you know, yeah, I can I can group source like music. I I think is great for that. I can't with lyrics. Mm-hmm. I just end up. Because you're, you're working your way through and someone comes up with a line and you're like, I don't like that line. And then yeah. you get voted down and then you're trying to work off that and it's like, well, I don't like that first line to begin with. What the hell am I supposed to do now? <laughs> right. So, but we are out of time. Brendan Che from Brendan in the Strangest Ways, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, and that was our interview with Brendan Shea from Brendan in the Strangest Ways. Um, here on The Struggles Real Buffalo Music Podcast on LWNY.com. Next up, we have a track from Newspeak, uh, who uh, from uh, Porchfest on May 18th, and this is a long song, uh, but it's quite lovely, and it's called The Dark, and it is by Newspeak again, and yeah, that's next here on the Struggles Real Buffalo Music Podcast on LWNY.com. This song's called The Dark, it's on the beginning EP. You can stream or download it.
could I have said or left unsaid? I don't trust myself with my reckless hands on your heart. I could pull it apart, but I don't want to make you cry. I don't want to make you cry. It cannot be without the fight between me and what is right. The darkness has its way with the day, and now we're done. And now my head's a loaded gun, and I'm worried that I've lost control. trust myself I'm afraid of the dark in my head what should I have said or left unsaid I don't trust myself with my breathless hands on your heart I could pull it apart but I don't want to so dim you can barely see it
All right, folks, and that was The Dark by Newspeak on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast on allwny.com. Now we're going to talk about some upcoming shows, and we've got some great ones coming up. On June 12th, Newfound Glory is coming to Town Ballroom. Uh, Newfound Glory coming to Town Ballroom wouldn't normally excite me, but they are going on tour in support of uh, From Your Screen to the Stereo, Volume 3, which is... uh, it's uh, some cover albums they've made with uh, popular songs from movies, and uh, I haven't heard anything from the third album yet. Uh, the first two had songs like uh, King of Wishful Thinking, That Thing You Do, um, oh, that Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith, and I gotta say, I actually think I like the Newfound Glory versions better in almost uh, all the listenings. And, I mean, for a lot of it, it's, it's actually some pretty well-written stuff. Jesus Christ, GPS. <laughs> it's literally, it keeps interrupting me to warn me that there's a slowdown when I can literally just look up and see that the slowdown is there. Anyway, so yeah, they're they're playing in support of, of another one of these cover records. Uh, I don't usually care for them, but I love the arrangements of these stuff, and I think if you actually go and listen to any of those albums, uh, they're, they're really well produced. They're very slick sounding, and as someone who's not a big fan of the band, I can kind of listen to it from a, like a technical aspect of things and um, be pretty impressed with the whole thing. So they are going to be at Town Ballroom. They're also going to be playing with Real Friends, Doll Skin, and the Early November. Uh, I'm only super familiar with the Early November, and I kind of, back in the day, they were kind of cool. So uh, I'm excited about that show. On June 14th, Scathed has an album release show, also at Town Ballroom. Uh, This one is going to be with Carpool, Eerie Shores, and friends of the podcast the scarecrow show <laughs> we know stop shut the f- ah. <laughs> all right so yeah um i'm really excited about uh you know the prospect of seeing uh, the scarecrow show on that big stage in town ballroom so i think that's going to be a really cool show to see um i am not super familiar with scathed but we are playing a song from their new album next so you can kind of check that out and uh, figure out if you want to go hang out. But uh, uh, I've heard good things about Carpool and Erie Shores, though I haven't had a chance to see them yet. But uh, I think it'll be a good show. And then the last one is on June 21st. We have another Struggle is Real show. This one is uh, our headliner is Chucky Campbell. Uh, we're also going to have uh, Deuce Ellis, who's on tour. He's coming from New York City. We're going to have Type Relevant, Kelly Vellucci, Sean and B, and uh, DJ Soyotos. And the whole night is going to be hosted by Elbiz. And um, this is a great lineup. Um, uh, I'm going to punch my phone in the goddamn face right now. (laughs) You sure you want to keep recording this while this is going on? Well, I did until you said that. Okay, sorry. So, um, so, uh, Chucky Campbell, Type Relevant, and Kelly Vellucci are all some of the bigger names in local hip-hop, so they're definitely worth checking out. Sean and B features uh, Brandon Sylvia, formerly of Intent to Sell, who I think has one has a, he has a really great flow, and his voice sounds um, aggressive and impactful, if that makes any sense. And then um, and then Soyotos is going to be closing off the night with a dance party. So that's going to be super fun. So you can come check that out. That's on June 21st. That's going to be at Milky's, and it's, uh, it's, that one's going to be $8 to get into. And then next, we have a brand new song by Scathed here on The Struggle Is Real. It is called Wave, so uh, check, check it.
here on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast on allwny.com.
that's all we have for episode number 37. Uh, so, you know, we kind of stripped back everything for this episode before everything's going to start getting real fancy in our new studio. So, so starting with our next episode, you are going to hear us in a clarity that's just going to make our stupidity all the more clear. Um, I don't have a guest lined up yet, which uh, I'm sure that's going to work out really well. But uh, yeah, new studio. Um, we're going to try some new... F- you stupid fucking car. We'll be at our new studio. We're going to be trying some new formatting stuff out. Um, we're still going to be bringing you the struggle of local musicians, local music, and our guide to upcoming concerts. But, you know, we're going to screw around with the formatting and see what happens. Uh, check out Brendan in the Strangest Ways on all any online platform where you can stream music. And you can check out allwny.com or download the All WNY app to check out All WNY and its family of podcasts. And that includes The Skeleton Closet with Carl Winslow, Corey Comments, The Nick and Dan Show, The Think So Joe Show, hosted by Jumble Crungleberry and Peepsy Spoopy... Ah, I didn't get it right. <clears throat> the Nick and Dan Show. The Think So... The Nick and Dan Show. The Think So Joe Show, hosted by Jumble Cr- <laughs> so now I'm explaining a little bit. The Nick and Dan Show. <laughs> the Think So Joe Show, hosted by Jumble. Qu- I'm saying Jumble, and I say Jumbo. The Think So Joe Show, hosted by Jumbo Crungleberry and Peepsy Spooty Bits. And our favorite podcast, The Big Picture with Michael Sargent, where he's already dreaming up a conspiracy theory for our disappearance. You can find us at facebook.com backslash the Struggles Real Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at SIRPodcastNY. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter at Sir William Idol. And tune into thinktwiceradio.com. That is all for us. Being a musician is chaos. Please be kind. See you next time and keep struggling. <laughs>